Hello, all you beautiful listeners. Future CJ here. And in this episode of the Time Out podcast, no sponsor, we talk about the historic ending of the 2020 NBA season. One that will go down in history. Will it have an asterisk? Maybe it should for how difficult it was to win that championship. And who won that championship? The LA LA Lakers did. Being Miami, my team, in six games. It was well-deserved. Well done, LA Lakers. In this episode, we're going to talk about that victory. And we're going to talk about what we're going to do in the future. The future of the NBA the immediate future, but the future nonetheless. So let's jump right in there. Enjoy. So as I was saying, um, game one, obviously, you know, it did look like it was a blowout. And obviously you had the injuries to Bam and Goran Dragic while it, was all, while, while it was being a blowout. And I think a lot of analysts were looking at, a lot of analysts and neutrals would be looking at the series and expecting it to be that's how the game was going to be. The the Lakers would have too much height, too much length, and you know, would dominate the heat. And a lot of people were predicting a sweep after game one, especially with the injuries where they you were. lost, you know, Goran, who's was the top scorer, especially in the fourth quarter, and you lost Bam Adebayo, who you know had had those amazing series against Boston and Milwaukee, where you know, so a lot of people did look and say, what are the Heat going to do? Like, there's no solution for that. You basically you there were there were underdogs going into it, and then they lost two of their best, their best players, so... What are they going to do now, yeah, really? So, I think everyone looked at that and was like, okay, well, that's just wrapped up in the series. Which obviously is a mistake, and you should never do that when it comes to the heat because of the culture. And you should never do that because of Jimmy Buckets. Because so that ga- man went off in Game 3. But Game 2... Um, game 2 was a lot closer. Like I feel like... Yeah, it was. It was closer. The Lakers never really... So... Like from watching that game, the Lakers always felt like they could pull away, but they never quite got there. Like, oh, no, they kept. LeBron, they were the Heat were always within our like. It was always within, within reach. Like, I think at one point the Heat went up, and the Lakers kind of got a little scared, and that's when they went on a a bit of a run. I think that's that, that's pretty much the run in the second quarter that won the whole game because Miami won the second half. Yeah, um, and obviously. The, the, those games were great, and obviously in that game you could kind of see that Butler was working out the defense and you know how to get these points up. We had a lot of points for Kelly and Olynyk. Um, I think Kelly Olynyk played amazingly in that game three. Yeah, and... Well, I say amazingly, he played a great. He was a big reason on why they were yeah. winning because then... he was bringing Dwight out. So, yeah. He nullified Dwight. So, yeah, that, so that game two happened, and when you looked at that, you realized that you know. There was still life within the heat because they didn't get blown out. They were right there with them. But that game three was it was incredible. That game where obviously Anthony Davis didn't have a great game. I think he only scored, he did not, he scored no. 15 points. A lot of the role players didn't, you know, get a lot of points. But no. Jimmy Butler was relentless in that. A 40-point triple-double. 40-point triple-double. It was relentless. The way he was moving the ball, the way he was like, controlling everything. He managed to get his shots off early and consistently. was just hitting mid-range shots. Aggressive from A to B. And I think... I, I, 
Okay, one of the problems we've had with, you know, the way this series has been looked at is people have looked at the Miami as underdogs and they've tried to, you know, really take away from the Miami team. This Miami team aren't their right to be here. And yes. Jimmy Butler, he, there was not one bit about him that ever said, I'm an underdog. Or you never. Some players would like the underdog, you know, status so that, you know, if they lose... No one can really blame them. In every press conference, Jim Butler was like, "No, we're going to win the next game, even after game one." When yeah, we're going to get uh, like he was. He was always saying, "Yeah, I know, I know everyone's seeing us as the underdog, the underdog, but I know we can win, and we're game going one, to win the next game. game. After, we're going to win the next game." Game one after um, Bam and Goran went down, he had a press conference where he said, "It's fine, we're going to win the next game," and obviously they did lose that. It was two 0 yeah. but yep, he went into that game three, or just with. He went into that. He went into that game three with just all the like motivation, all the determination, just that mindset of it just was, saying like, "This is up to me now." It's definitely an elite mindset to say, "Look, I am going to play almost every minute of this game." There wasn't a, like he didn't take any. I think one of the things that we need to give credit for is he took no possessions off. You know, he never he wasn't selling on defense. It wasn't like oh. he had every. There was a lot of times where even when the Heat were up, he was still keeping up that intensity, which then made it easier for Olinik to stretch the floor, Hero to get shots off, Duncan as well. Like he made it easier for everyone because he naturally drew that attention. Yep. The way he, the way he but, sorry, go oh on. Carry on. No, 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 you're carrying on talking so, about Jimmy Butler. I was just gonna say that the way he <laughs> the way he played, it kind of reminded me of LeBron when he Obviously, when he was in the East and had the Cavs and had the, the, the early, the early yeah, Cavs it's team, the very hungry. It's that very hungry. Like I will put this team on my back, and I will get us to like, like obviously he needed those points from Hero and Alinek, but it was very much I will put this team on my back and get us where we need to be, which was incredible to watch. It it was incredible, but then Game Four happened and Lakers managed to back. Uh, to bounce back, which all credit to them. They're probably, you know, one of the only teams to really make good adjustments against this Miami team because Indiana never did. Milwaukee definitely didn't. And Boston, uh, Brad Stevens just failed to make the right adjustments. But, you know, they made adjustments and they dominated the Heat again. Well, they wouldn't, I wouldn't say dominated. It was a pretty close game, but they felt, it felt like they had figured out yeah. what made the Heat win. I definitely say that in that game they started to realize that they couldn't they were they, they were aggressive back, they, they were very aggressive on they, um, they were aggressive on Jimmy Butler they let Jimmy Butler shoot threes because they knew that was not where he was comfortable uh-huh. I think in the last podcast we were talking about you know obviously the mental toughness and you know you know it's the, the grit it takes to win these finals I think the Lakers showed the strength of their coaching which was a big thing um, and they also showed the strength within them. Like after that two one, it would have been quite easy for them to shy off, but they made the adjustments. They kind of know. I think their players are able to fill a role and know what they need to do. So obviously, that's where you have Davis kind of. If if yeah, and I think LeBron's championship experience it really helped in this situation. Maybe Danny Green's as well because you know he made that. Oh wait, no, we're coming up to that. That's game five, oh, but you know. No, but you know his experience in the fight. He was a champion last yeah. year, man. I think like his experience is valuable. So I think when you look at the Lakers, the Lakers squad, 
you've got players who have got longevity within the league. So you look at your Dwight Howards, uh, you look at your, you know, Danny Greens, you look at, you know, your Rondos. And then you've also got people who, you know, Danny Green and Rondo who've won championships. LeBron James who's won championships. Like, you're looking at people who... Well, I mean, all of them. I mean, now, but obviously you're looking at people who obviously have been here before. And obviously, I think... J.R. Smith has won a championship. I mean, Charles Smith didn't get any minutes, but he's, he's there. He's Henny boy. <laughs> but now, um, he took his shirt off. But, um, I think that's what he's known for for being that see, final. You see yeah. the, I think you see the experience they had, and I think it makes it easier to squash and quell momentum because at that two-one after that performance, Miami did have all the momentum. It would have been, I think, a different team without all this experience and all these vets would have probably lost the second. Would have probably lost game four. Because it was a close game. It was a, it was a close game. Six-point game. It was fought till the last, literally till the last, like, 20 seconds of the game. Like, it was a well-fought game. I think pe- having that LeBron James and having that, you know, veteran core of people who know how to win was able to help them push through. I think AD did a great job of, you know, basically saying, I want Butler and, you know, trying to... And they did make him shoot the threes. And, you know, but the problem was, I think, even when the Lakers were playing well in this game, they still couldn't shake off the heat. It was very, like, it's almost like an annoyance. Like, Lakers wanted, the heat didn't give up and the Lakers wouldn't give up. So it just ended up in a game where both teams were really fighting, which made it a great game to watch. Oh, yes, it was a great game to watch. However, it wasn't game five. I mean, I think game five was definitely the game of the series for me. I think... Game five was probably one of the best finals games in recent memory. I can't think of another finals game where I was more like, oh my God, this is amazing. The fourth quarter duel between LeBron and Jimmy Butler. And I feel if game three didn't bring you up in Jimmy, it didn't bring your opinion up in Jimmy Butler, then game five definitely did. Because he proved that on his best night, he can go toe-to-toe with LeBron James. It takes one of his best nights, but he can do it. And it took 47 and a half minutes to do it. I, I think, I mean, before we get into the end of the game, which I really want to go into in depth, I think Game 5, is to me, is more impressive than Game 3. I think Game... Without a doubt! The reason, the reason why is because... Obviously, firstly, game three is a 2-0, and, you know, you want to win, you get the 2-1, you know you have to win. This is an elimination game. This could be over. Everyone has predicted that game five is going to be, wrap it up, game five done, everyone's whatever. Lakers are wearing the Black Mamba jerseys. This is a whole, like, yo, we're we're ready to wrap this up. I think the reason why game three is more, the reason why game five is more impressive to me than game three is because in game three, the Lakers didn't play well. Jimmy Butler had a career-style night, but the Lakers didn't play well. In this game... This was, you know, this is one of the best finals, like, this is one of the best finals matchups, like, games, like, single games. I've watched in a while where you have... Single games, matchup, yeah, team on hitting. You have, you have two so guys good. who are just like, all right, give me the ball. <laughs> like, it's it's like Captain America, Captain America was Captain America. It's like, yo, I'm a... Duncan... Duncan Robinson had himself a game as well. He hit what seven, seven threes, threes, eight seven threes, threes, twenty-six points. Um, yeah, seven threes, twenty-six points, and like you know, his his ability to read the defense and just you know find out ways where you know he's a yeah. specialist. He's a spot up shooter. He shoots, he shoots threes, 
uh, in his ability to because at the beginning of the series he wasn't doing it very well the Lakers kind of felt like Lakers figured him out but you know he's got more tricks in the bag and like you know game five for Duncan Robinson was yeah. so good he he's such a great player for the Heat the speed and of his catch and shoot to, the sport to make, just like, ridiculous the yeah, confidence like, of it, it as was well. In his hand, it was in his hands and out of his hands to the point that Lakers knew where it was going but couldn't stop it, and that was incredible. Like it seemed like yeah, it seemed like he had the cheat code to that point. And that game, I just oh, think yeah. that I know that a lot of the media and a lot of the analysts will be like, "Oh, you know, you have." Wasn't LeBron hitting yeah, threes in that game was. as well? But you know, in that game you know, specifically, you know he was hitting threes. You have your Skip Baylesses of the world who want to discredit the Heat, and you know they want to make it look like the Lakers lost this game. But Anthony Davis hit 28 points with 12 rebounds and 3 assists. LeBron James had 40 points, 13 rebounds and 7 assists. And they had points who KCP had 16, the Kuzma had 7, Danny Green 8. Like They had points going through the team. They were hitting threes. They were doing, you know, what they needed to do. I think the Heat just beat them. That was a... Yeah. The Heat just beat them. There was... That was the type of game. Like obviously, when we spoke about the matchups last week, we said, "Okay, realistically, <laughs> if the Heat are going to win, it's going to be because they get points from everywhere." They got double figure points from everyone but Iguodala. None got fourteen. Hero got twelve. Duncan Robinson twenty six. Bam thirteen. Jay Crowder eleven. Andrew Butler thirty five. Thirty five point triple double with twelve rebounds and eleven assists. That was. It was mm-hmm. Miami played the perfect game. I know that Jim Butler had to play 47 minutes. To, I wouldn't say the perfect Butler, game because Bam wasn't at his but best. But to, yeah. For what they needed to do and how they needed to... They had to they empty beat, the they beat the Lakers. They beat the Lakers playing almost exactly how the Lakers... Like there was The Lakers were not in that game and they couldn't say, like, oh, it's not because we did this or... like It was just a better team on the night. I know that Jim Butler had to mm-hmm. do them 47 minutes to do that. And I know that it was a lot of minutes and a shorter rotation. It was really, you know... There's there's that iconic photo of him like after getting fouled, which was a foul by AD. Uh, just getting just was it AD? Uh, was it that foul? Was, but he just lays himself over was, over on the Keith, thing, which was. But, oh, oh yeah, it was a marquee foul. But everyone keeps talking about yeah. the AD foul, but it's the foul. It's, it's a foul. He's yeah, jumping foul. into him. Foul. So. It was it was in the last two minutes of the game. Yeah. It was called a foul. So yeah. It was, um, so that's one of the controversial plays that were made last the, that that day. Um, but yeah, just that of iconic him image of him just let that on there. Yeah, I think he is a like he is an inspiration to show. Like he's really like I know that the bubble has been you know it's a very isolated thing, and obviously you know it's been tough for a lot of people. But Jimmy Butler has shown the. He's basically shown the work ethic and the, you know, he didn't want to have anyone in the bubble. He didn't have his family there. He wanted to do this. This was business for him. And when you look at these performances, like, I think anyone who ever had any bad words to say about Jimmy Butler, anyone who was complaining about him in Minnesota, anyone who was complaining about him in Philly, anyone who complained about him in Chicago, anyone who called him overrated, anyone who said that he only went to the Miami Heat because he wanted a nice sunny vacation, didn't really care about winning, they need to... They I need didn't to, want to read they need the postseason. Thre- thre- like threefold. That was that was a performance by a man who would not uh-huh. die. Like 47, 47 minutes. He just wanted to it win. Was, it's not like a 47 minutes where, you know, there was no time in that game where he had it easy. Between AD and LeBron constantly on him, 
he he was he had their best defender on them at all times. They were they game plan to stop him. He just was so intense with it that it made it hard for him to stop him. Constantly getting to the line, constantly yep. you know doing what he needed to do. I mean, obviously, you know the end to game five was you know it could have meant that all of this was in you know it could have uh, meant yeah. that all of this was in you know for all in vain. Thank all you. in vain because you know obviously it was one, yeah. one point. Though I think Lakers were one point behind. LeBron, LeBron drives to the yeah, LeBron drives to the baseline. Like has that. four men on him. Man, it looked it, like it was, five. It looked like, it five. looked like five. Everyone, yeah. So everyone, everyone paint. basically everyone said no and crowded the paint. LeBron kicks the ball out to Danny Green, who is you know the correct it's the, it's basketball, the right basketball play. player. And I know that a lot of people were going to get on LeBron and be like, "That's why you're not better than MJ because blah blah blah." But realistically, MJ would have tried to shoot over if five you're people. A basketball player. Within a basketball team, you have to trust your players. MJ passed the ball to Steve Kerr and Steve Kerr hit the three. It's simple. Like it's the right basketball play. If you're coaching, if you're coaching players and you are four on one and you've got a seasoned experience, it's you know, Danny point shooter. Yeah. Danny Green Danny Green was supposed to be, you know, LeBron, yeah, Steve Kerr, LeBron, LeBron's, LeBron's Derek Fisher yeah, that was, in that, that moment. Was the, I've you done know. my work. I've, I've drawn them out. I have given you all the time and space in the world. Here's the ball. And obviously, Danny Green shot barely grazed the front rim. And then... Uh, I want to... Right. I want to... In, 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 I'm going to speak in Danny Green's defense here. Right? So... The pass wasn't a brilliant pass and it was nowhere near his shooting pocket, right? So he's already out of rhythm, already out of rhythm, and that can throw you off on a shot. Should he have made it because he was wide open? Hell yeah. But also, when you can see a player running towards you and because he's so far away, he is running towards you, that can throw you off as well. Uh, in Danny Green's defense, and you know he he had the shot attempt and he missed it, and you know he you live with it and you move on. You lost the game, and then you play. You know they yeah. still had a track. It's not like this was the Miami Heat and this was you know, like their game winning, like their game winning shot to yeah. not be eliminated. This was, you know, this is their chance to win a think, shot. Like it's fine. What's important it about is what is. it is. And LeBron made. Yeah, the I think what's important play. about it was the right play. It was the right move. It just didn't go in. What also it didn't go is, in. After, you know, they say, they say about yeah, the NBA, it's it can make or miss league. I mean, the fact that you got death threats is one of those things that you know it's bad, and it's the, it's the issue with social media and people who really like. I think if you think that Danny Green missed the chance and ruined LeBron's whatever, that was really like you fucked up. Like you're not watching this sport. But what a lot of people don't talk about is the fact that Marquise Morris got the rebound and still had the time and space yeah. but he tried to alley he tried to like and alley up it or send it up he tried he tried to yeah. pass it into AD with the weirdest kind of love pass and it went out of bounds and it just and went I think, wild and then obviously from that he get the ball Jimmy Butler goes down he gets, he gets the foul he hits the three throws and wins the game that's like and they win by three points I think in the, firstly, in the whole totality of it, it doesn't matter because Lakers won anyway. I think 
the people who, you know, were like, LeBron should have hit that shot. I, if you've been watching LeBron for any amount of time, you knew damn well that once four men went in on him. And it was that, I, if you knew he was passing it out. He was kicking it out to the best option. What do you mean, LeBron? What do you mean, LeBron? If MJ was there and MJ had four people crowded in the paint, he would not have gone well, for that shot. He would have passed is, it to Steve Kerr, which is what he has done and won a championship because yeah, Steve so Kerr is, made a shot. Who, I don't want like, to... Um, the MJ... No, the, we're not having a, we're not LeBron, having a LeBron MJ, MJ debate. Thing, we're not having a joke debate. Me, like, it's two of the greatest players who've ever played this sport. And I don't want to compare them because I'm a fan. There's no point. Like no. they're both great, and I'm not going to argue over who's the greatest yes, because are. it's two different eras, two different teams, two different players, styles. But the fact that people were coming out after the game, like MJ would have shot it, or they showed a video. There was a still of Kobe, and he had three players or four players around him, and they were like, "Well, look, Kobe shot this. That means you're not great." And I was like, that's, "What's matters?" In that still, no, he, got he actually made a shot though. <laughs> He got blocked. He went up for there it. You there you go. Three or four players, and he got blocked. But people only take the still where he took the shot. And obviously, a lot of people. Every the thing that what I saw was a lot of the media analysts were like, "Oh, LeBron, you chicken, blah blah blah. You've proved Kyrie right." Whereas all the players were like, "You're insane. That's the you pass that. <laughs> you pass that to your players. Like you trust yeah. them." And I mean, apart from Dame Lillard, who said. Well, it was the right yeah. basketball move. I still would have shot that shit though, which made me laugh. <laughs> but that's that's Dame. He, he's, he's on his own time. I just think, obviously, mm. a lot of the moments where people use that one moment to try to discredit, like they try to discredit the fact that the Heat had won. Like <laughs> I try to make that story again all about you know that one miss. When in reality, it was a great game. And if you're Danny Green, it's one miss. Like I know it's a I know it's a big miss, but it's not. It's not exactly the JR level of not, you know, running back with it to the heart. Like, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's not. It was. It's a miss. It's a miss. It's a bad miss. But it's a it's a bad miss, not a blunder. I mean, it hit the ring. I mean, it wasn't an air ball. Yeah, I think it could have been a, worse. I feel like you give him that shot again. He hits it. Maybe, but it's the it's those moments they happen. I'm. If you're the if you're the heat, you're like yes, he missed. <laughs> the odds are probably that it should have gone in, but it didn't. We move on three two. Well, he's shooting like thirty seven, thirty four percent, but in that yeah. range for the series or the the postseason, something like that. So you know, one out of three times it's gone in, but two yeah, out of three times it's probably missing. But you know, you 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 know you you move on, and did they move on because they? Game six was, you know, I feel like Miami just, uh, they were tired. They had, they were, it's not that they I, had enough, I, but there was just nothing left. They left everything so out game in five, game five. That was the day, that was the game where we, they were given the extra day's rest. So I think yes, they were able was. to recollect themselves with the extra day rest to put in that performance in game five. But game six was where you really uh-huh. saw, you know, the 47 minutes, 46 minutes that Jimmy Butler had played in the game before. You were seeing the fact that... Well, you saw him, you saw him after after game five. You see how he was well, walking. Think, he was walking like an remember, old man. Game one, he was carrying a knock. Hobbling. Everything. He sprained his... He's a, and he also, slightly and sprained his playoffs, ankle as well, which isn't... We have seen that he's had slight and whatever injuries. And I 
as much as you know, as much of an athlete as he is, you know that playing those 47 intense minutes because obviously the Lakers didn't give it's not that the Lakers gave heat that any of the wins they got, they had to go and earn that shit. Yeah. And obviously yeah, they did. the Lakers had never the Lakers didn't lose two in a row throughout the whole playoffs. Because they know how to bounce back and they know how to come back. And you know, if you lose a game, you know, you've got players like LeBron and we're like, we're not losing on the next one, we'll go again. And I think you could see the exhaustion, the tiredness. You could see and the Lakers were like, Okay, well, we're gonna like really defend you. Like this is gonna be they made it intense from the start, which is obviously I think the half was what, sixty four, thirty six? Because the Lakers were like, We're gonna Yeah. Let- the difference the yeah. difference was defensively. Like they were active on defense. They were after every loose ball, they were hustling. No. And Miami just couldn't keep up with them. They looked tired. Jimmy Butler especially. Even when he came off at the end, he was just like emotionally, physically exhausted. And I think the reason the Lakers came out that hard is because obviously you had just done that game five, and if you're the Lakers, you couldn't you couldn't risk it going to a you game don't seven. Want to go into a game seven, knowing how well they just played in game five, because obviously in game five, even when the Lakers were playing well, the Heat still won that game. So game six, the the Lakers came out. They really tried to punch them in the mouth. That's the it was like intense defense. They're like let's secure this. Let's secure this series now. Let's get it done. And they were able to do that. Obviously, it was nice to see Dragic come back and you know get some minutes in. Obviously after his injury, because he was determined to get minutes yeah. back. Obviously, Bam had a good game and got twenty five points. Um, obviously, Bullock, he did yeah a little bit comeback game for him despite not well after returning. And he's still he he, he could tell he's still knocked. And um, obviously, Butler was tired. He got twelve points, seven rebounds, eight assists. I think when you when you watch that game, obviously it was over by probably around the third quarter where it was thirty to forty points of a lead at one point. And obviously, and obviously, you know the Lakers did. You know, after, you know they I mean, brought it back a little bit. It, was it a, made it a respectable it score, 13. like it was a respectable score. Like that. I mean, part of it is because you know, obviously, the Lakers took off. And put, they put on like quick. They put on like you know, you know the, the Dwight Howard's etc. Who hit a logo three, by the way, which was weird. He played one minute and hit a logo yeah, three, which was true. really dumb. But obviously. It was a fourth quarter where Miami scored 35 points and um, Lakers only scored 19. And obviously, that is just, you know, wrapping things up. But it was still the heat not refusing to give up. At one point, LeBron was still fighting. Like, start of the fourth quarter, LeBron was still going really intensely while everyone else was like, whoa, why is he doing this? And it's purely because of the fact that he knew that the heat could keep yeah. three points. I wouldn't give up. So at one point, he was like, okay, I'm just going to keep stuffing these yeah. points in just to make sure. So even when he came off, I'd, you're watching Duncan Robinson just keep hitting points. And that's why he did end up at 13. And I was like, okay, this is... It's a respectable score. And I think it's fair because I wouldn't want to see the Heat get blown out by 30, 35. Nope. And then, and then yeah. But then Lakers, they, they won their championship. And, you know, they earned it. And it was a fun finals. And as a, as a Heat fan... I had game five and I'm happy. I'm content. And the future, you know, you got Tyler Hero, you got Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero, by the way, who had the second most fourth quarter points of any player. 
He's, he was also the youngest in the finals. Um, he's going to be a great player. Duncan Robinson is, and well, he is a great player, but he's going to be even better. But think- like the future is bright for Miami, and especially in <laughs> two years' time when they have all that. Yeah. Cap- well, a year time when they have all that cap space and a certain, well, a, a, f- a, certain a few good there, free agents are on. Um, I think, I think, yeah, um, it could be available. From the heat standpoint, I think this final, obviously, you know, when you go when you go to any playoffs, the aim is to win, and obviously for the Heat, it would have been nice to get maybe get yeah. to a game seven oh, yeah. where you know it could have gone either way. But obviously, that's a it's a two, it's a four two loss. But but I think if you're the Heat, uh, it's you a can take comfort loss. in the same way that when Cleveland lost to Golden State and they had injuries, they were able to say, "No, we would have won if we had," etc. And that's when you know the next. Well, it's not even that, but the fact that you know they I, played with all their heart and stuff, and you know the Lakers, oh yeah, the Lakers have LeBron, <laughs> but also with all the stuff that's happened in the year in terms of Kobe and all that kind yeah, of think, stuff, it I felt the right Lakers for the Lakers extra, to win. They had that, you know, the extra like motivation, the things that you know, the things were going on. Obviously, the Kobe, you know, there's a lot that was going on that you know internalized, you know, that helped them go over that line. But I think. If you're the Heat, you look at the fact you had the, in- the injuries. So you look at the fact that, you know, you weren't 100% there. So now you can ask that question of what if. You look at the fact that to beat you, LeBron and LeBron and AD had to do something that I think it's only three other duos have done, which is average 25 points and score for 50% from the field goal. I think the only people who have done that is like Kobe and Shaq and Shaq and Penny. Like it's... And Dr. J and... Yeah, sounds, sounds amazing. Like... So, so Moses I think when you look Malone. at that, it's like they, the Lakers had to be all time, like they had to be hitting at their highest just to be. And if you look at that from the Heat, you look at obviously the players you've got are quite young. The, the experience they've got from this playoff run, where you know you beat the Pacers, you beat the Bucks, you beat the Celtics, you've lost the Lakers in six. It's not like it wasn't. Only games one, only games one and six were really you know. Mismatches where you know there were blowouts at times. All the other the other four games were really intense, and in those four intense games, it's two two. Like you look at that, and you look at obviously you know the players yeah. you've got. The fact they're going to grow and get better. Heroes only going to get better from this. None's going to get better. You're like you've got players that are going to get better, and they're going to get better as a unit because this really is only the first year. Of obviously, you know, them being together. Like if you're a Heat fan, the future is amazing. Like. The future is no bright, so and no... I am a Heat fan. So the, the thing is, like, pretty content. Even the most, like, most I heard Heat fans were like, you know, we might get there, but then whenever really it wasn't a sorry, it wasn't a championship or bus season. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it so was is... the fact that we got here yeah, was amazing, but I mean, we wanted to win it. When while you get the you're opportunity there, to win it, you're you're always going to be like, oh, we'll, we'll take the loss this year, but. A lot of the times you can learn from your losses. Yeah. And I think I think this Heat team will be in the memory of people for a long, long time just for how they played and stuff, and it's only the beginning. But let's talk about the Lakers because they've won. They are the 2020 NBA champions. Let's talk uh, firstly about how amazing okay, that we actually exactly. managed to get a champion. Yeah. The COVID, whole thing was a ma- strike, the potential shutdown. 
which the which Lakers La- Lakers were one Lakers of the Clippers teams that didn't want to carry on. Yeah, Clippers didn't want to be there. From you know, the I'm not even going to talk but, about this. This is a championship. It's not even, not even, no, 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 no. Well, we kind of would kind of, we kind of have to later because there's stuff. But, but yes, yeah. Uh, um, Lakers won. The, uh, that that they Boston, they've yeah. now tied the Boston Celtics the most championships. Uh, so, what does podcast, this mean for them the going forward? And you know, obviously for LeBron, this is his third Finals MVP with a third different team. Well, obviously four Finals MVP, but it's three different teams. Anthony Anthony yeah, Davis, Anthony MVP Davis has got his first teams, ring. Yeah. You're looking at. Yeah, there, there was that, there was that narrative in the middle of the Final series of who, who was going to get the would have been MVP, and, and uh, uh, yeah, well, well, AD got made unanimous, not AD, sorry, LeBron was unanimous hey, um, uh, Finals MVP. There was a thing for like last year, where, but um, I think in fact, I was surprised it was unanimous because I thought it was closer than that to be honest. Um, but obviously, I'm not about it. Um, but I'm not I think shocked. when you look at the Lakers team and what this championship means, obviously you have the fact that you know this has been a tough year for the organization. Obviously, the passing of Kobe and Gianna. You look at the um, obviously you know the fact that a lot of the yeah they've had a lot of Avery Bradley didn't go to the bubble because obviously you know and he had um, obviously his child who's got asthma and was vulnerable and that's their best perimeter defense for the whole year, uh-huh. especially since opening day. They've been in a, you know, like I think everyone's been like they're not going to make it out of the West. There's too, much. there's too many great teams. In the West. No, no, that's that's not true. A lot of people had the Lakers as the winners. Think, Stephen Steve, A. No, had Stephen Lakers A. Shannon, winning it from the beginning. I feel like, there I feel was like quite 25... a lot of people that were saying yeah. the Lakers could win it. They've got LeBron James, so, and if he he didn't have AD. So like 25... Making it to the before. Were, you know, like, LeBron, you know, they're pro Lakers, and there was like, I'm, I mean, I, I need sources them, for that, stats, chief. But I'm talking, I'm talking the, for the KDs, the former players who everyone, a lot, most people, everyone was going for the Clippers. Because Clippers had yeah, the so depth as well was, as you I think, know, and I think I do why, because obviously you're looking at a team who made the playoffs by themselves, took two games off Golden State, and then you add two players who you deem to be top ten to fifteen. So then you know you're like, okay, well that's a stacked roster, and then you know you added more, you added Max Morris, etc. Like you added players on top of it, and you know that should have been enough to invite. But I feel like. A lot of people were questioning whether the Lakers were able to, you know, get out of that West. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that, well, AD, never, AD couldn't do it with New Orleans, etc., which was stupid. But, and obviously, a lot of people were questioning, you know, the fact that obviously the Lakers guards, they were like, who, they were like who's going to match up with? And that's a lot of reason why people said, oh, Portland will beat them because they don't have that type of guard. And I think they've come. Yeah. People even gave people gave Houston a chance because they took game one and obviously they have Harden and Westbrook. People told them that, you know, Nuggets as well yeah. have a chance. They just come back from 2-3-1 leads. You looked at a team who, from the start of the season, 
you could tell that LeBron especially had tried to make it the best team, you know, they wanted to do anything. And when you look at the like obviously even when even when Boogie went down injured, he was still with the team, rehabbing there because he said it's the best team he's been with as a whole. I think obviously him going down and getting injured, I mean that obviously the Lakers brought in Dwight, who definitely needed that chance at redemption story at the Lakers. Um and obviously Rodon Rondon now has got a, you know, he's got a ring with the Celtics and the Lakers, and he's the first to do it. Um I think mm-hmm. when you look at this season, you look at this team, they've they've I think there've been there've been a lot of moments in the season where they haven't looked brilliant, but then when it matters, they were able to pull out the performances they needed to. Well, I mean, before the whole before the season was shut yeah. down, they had that weekend where they took on the Clippers and that's the when, Bucks, and they demolished both think, of them. So, see LeBron personally, you could see that that's when he was like, "Okay, this is when I need to, you know, this is when I show people, you know, I'm not afraid of these people." Starting to ramp it like, up. Oh, oh God, Giannis! Oh God, Kawhi! Because that was the game where he ran. He had Kawhi, and then Kawhi passes to Paul George, and then Paul George was screaming for a foul because LeBron was like, "I want to defend these people and show I can." And I think. They... Was I it? thought that was the first Maybe. game in the bubble. Oh, the the one, the one yeah, that was the first game in the bubble. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the, the other game was so long ago. They, he was I just think dominant to be a great team. That. You know, obviously they did lose. They did have not have Avery Bradley. You know, there was a time. You know, I think it was quite easy to discount the Lakers because they got people like Alex Caruso playing minutes, and you know, Kuzma is you know he's not what. If, He's not what everyone, you know, projected him to be, where they thought he would be that, you know, third or fourth player. And, he, you know, he's not on that. He's not being performed on that level. I think I'm very happy the Lakers won this because, you know, I'm happy Dwight got his ring. I mean, Boogie's eligible for a ring, which is kind of weird, but, you know, it's, it's a... It's... <laughs> Yeah, so Dion Waiters could Dion have got a ring. Dion Waiters going to get a ring anyway. Way. Um, I'm happy for AD because you can see what it meant for him. And I think it was quite interesting to see LeBron's finals MVP speech where, you know, a lot of this conversation was, you know, about how, you know, obviously Genie Bus, you know, obviously the work they put in, Rob Palenka, and how... The- Jeannie Buss is yeah, the so, first uh, woman I think, uh, owner to win a championship. I find it quite funny which, that LeBron was like, which is very, very, very good. Because, I mean, I was like, I find it quite funny because, like, I'm not sure who really doesn't, I'm not sure who Deep Down doesn't really respect them, but then, you know, I have seen people, you know, I've seen now the Lakers. I feel like. As soon as they get knocked down, everyone gets on their ass and everyone just yeah. kind of dismisses them. But then they just keep bouncing back, which is what they did in the series. It's what they've been doing in the playoffs. It's what they've, you know, been doing all year, I suppose. I mean, they lost on opening day to the Clippers. So, but um, I think... I remember that game. Uh, the Lakers, like, obviously, obviously, when you look at the Lakers... They've like you could tell the determination to win this ring. Like Alex Caruso missed his own sister's wedding because he couldn't be confident that 
Gordon yeah. Hayward missed the birth of his child. Meanwhile, Lee Williams went out for lemon pepper. You can't. <laughs> I think that's a, like, I don't know what, I mean, I Gordon Hayward thing was terrible. weird, but like, obviously I understand. <laughs> I mean, it, was it his first child? Nah, it doesn't really matter. It's like second or third. Like, yeah. I know, I've seen this before. It's fine. I can't basketball to buy. I'd, I'd be the same. I'd be like, the first one, you got to be there, the first one. But, like, you know, the second yeah, or third, it's like, you, I've been through this. I, was, I know what happens. You can deal with this. I'm going to play basketball. I'm missing layups and losing champ, losing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but, yes, so that means yeah. the 2020 season is over. And I know it had more than a year. Um, just more than a year. Uh, and the 2021 <laughs> season will be dying at some point. But the... At some point, uh, there's 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 no official date because the the players' association and the owners have to figure out how to pay each other. Uh, I'm sure they'll do it, but it's it's going to take some you know figuring out. Draft day is on November the 18th, I think. So you know, I think it will happen before then. You know, they'll figure something out uh, and they'll get a season ready, but. When an so, yeah, season does happen, case. there's going to be free agents. The f- November 18th. Oh, see, I remember that. Right. So we got free agents. And there's some interesting ones. So uh, we'll talk about the biggest one and probably the only big one, really, is AD. Uh, AD technically has a player option. So unless. Whatever happens with this agreement this season, unless something really, like if the salary cap really bombs, I don't see AD. I see him opting out, but, you know, he's going to re-sign. I I can't see why he wouldn't re-sign. He's already said he's re-signing or something like that. I I don't know, but he's going to re-sign. But it's going to be very interesting because you also have... So, Contavious Caldwell-Pope is also a free agent, which is interesting because how he played, he could probably earn quite a bit of money, but but it depends on what happens with this money. He was key. A lot of players are on one-year deals. Let's have a... Uh, so, um, Brandon Ingram? No, he, he is a restricted free agent. Uh, so, you know, or New Orleans can just match whatever they can. He's a restricted free agent, so they can match whatever they can. Uh, he's a reigning improve, uh, most improved player, so I'm assuming they want to keep him. Fred Van Fleet will be an interesting one because he's kind of a player that you feel like he's earned to get a big payday, but I don't really? think he's going to get the payday that he really wants. Well, when you consider how much money these teams are going to be making next season, you don't want to be playing, paying a player who's not really star level 
this money, I reckon a lot, you're going to see a lot of one year deals. You're going to see a lot of mid-level exceptions this year. It's going to be like a golden ticket for some of these teams. Daniel Gallinari, he's a free agent. Um, uh, so that he's where he goes is going to be interesting because I don't think Oklahoma are definitely not going to sign him again because Oklahoma City are heading towards a rebuild with all of their picks that they have. Another interesting free agent is Montrez Harrell, uh, who draft stock so, probably plummeted because of these playoffs. And then it hit Denver, and I feel like it just went nah. <laughs> It wasn't trending upwards in Denver either. Like the over the course of the bubble, it kind of like down. Yeah, like he was he wasn't really playing well during the bubble, and then like he won six out of the year. Fair enough, and he earned it. But then, but then Denver happened, and he just no, no rock bottom. Um, so he's that's going to be interesting because I don't think there's a market for him. But the Clippers can't afford yeah, to lose him, if that makes sense. So they're going to want to pay him, but no other team is really going to pay him. So he's got leverage and he doesn't have leverage. So I can see, I think he's going to re-sign with the Clippers. I don't see him going anywhere, but it's not. I think it's going to be a short deal. Goran Dragic is a <laughs> free agent. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> I, he's staying and it could be for a one-year deal. It, I think it's going to be a one-year deal. Him and uh, Jay Crowder, who's also a free agent, one-year deal. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Sacramento is restricted. Christian Wood. Uh, Davis Bertans, he had an amazing season. Yep. Um, Carmelo Anthony, free agent. Will he move teams or will he stay in Portland where he's felt, you know, felt felt the uh, felt the love? Is there anyone of interest to, to you? Because I, mean, I no, can no, think no. of one. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw that Dwight Howard, <laughs> if he doesn't resign the Lakers, the Golden State Warriors have interest, which, which is interesting. And obviously, I'm quite interested. They do have like, interest in him, yeah. He's got his chip. He's got it at the Lakers. Like, like the thing is, obviously, it is a lot dependent on he's what got his ring with, now. You know, these discussions and you know how things move around. Because obviously, the season, the, obviously, the Corona stuff has messed up with you know the season. And, you know, the finances may be different. I'm kind of interested to see what happens with. Obviously, mm. I feel like Goran's going to resign in Miami. I feel like you know, AD isn't going anywhere. I honestly don't feel like there's going to be a lot of movement this offseason because of uncertainty, because of what's happening with the money talks. I think next season is going to be the big one because you've got Giannis, you've got Paul George, you've got all these players. I think that's going to then add on to the 2021 where it's like a lot of people are going to be available mm-hmm. and a lot of moves are going to happen. It's going to be quite interesting to see what happens. I think for now, I think it's going to be a case of <laughs> sorting out when the season can start, sorting out the money and just 
using this year to try and get back to normality? I, the I don't think the money is going to be the issue. I think the players, you know, the players and the owners have a very good relationship with each other. I I, I think I think it'll be fine. I think they'll figure something out. Um, it's yeah, it's finding oh. a day to restart again, I suppose. And how are they going to do it? Because you can't do another bubble again. Dude. Can you have like mini bubbles? Are you going to do what like? Obviously, if you're gonna if you're gonna do it in, you know, do what like baseball and NFL are doing with like empty stadiums and stuff, but yeah, they're they're is. still having issues well, with COVID, yeah. and and those are those are those are like baseball isn't really a a, oh, a with... sport where you know that people are touching people a lot. Yeah, so the problem with In the fact, NBA, with basketball, the you're very up close with so everyone. Well, even though it's not a bubble, blah, blah, blah. It's because, you know, it was an isolated thing where, you know, you tested, you're put in a secure facility, and, you know, it meant you were able to monitor and keep things under control. Obviously, the problem with, you know, even if you are traveling to empty stadiums, it is the traveling, it's the lack of control over your environment and the people you're around, meaning that it's becomes inevitable that someone will get corona. And obviously, you know, it is happening in every other sport. We've got NFL where Cam Newton's got corona. We've got baseball where people are getting corona. Hockey where people are getting corona. It's happening in the Premier League. Like, when you are travelling, you are opening yourselves up to the fact that, you know, people will get corona. So the decision has to be made on... Like, do you do the more restricted schedule? Do you like how? Because it's going to be almost impossible. And the problem with NBA is obviously the special schedule. You guys are playing each other so often that you know. Well, that's the thing. I I reckon they'd have to do a condensed schedule, and I don't think there will be be as much traveling. I think there might be more interdivision stuff. One of the risks you run with the Corona is. If you're playing some two days when you're playing back to backs, and obviously you're doing your testing, it may take a couple of days before it shows up on the testing that you've been, you know, that you have the virus. And in that time, you could have played. Now, one of the issues we had, one of the issues we had with the original shutdown was when GoBot was testing positive coronavirus, sure. that whole map of everyone who played each other, every team had been in contact with it, which is why the league got. <laughs> That's not not just that, but you have the referees involved too. You know, high levels, high members of, you know, NBA media. You know, all that. It's just obviously well, media, especially after he went around touching and breathing over everything. Now they need to make the decision of, like, how do we move on to this next season? Is it a restricted? Like, is it? I think they're gonna have to do something different. And we'll find out what that is. I think it's going to yep. be inevitable that someone's going to catch Corona if they. It's it's going to have to be unless you're in another bubble, bubble again, which you know worked like a fucking yeah. dream. Not just their bubble, but the WNBA bubble worked like a dream as well. Which, by the way, shout out to Seattle for winning theirs and think, Sue Bird. Well, well done for that championship. Um, yeah, and I don't but think, yeah, 
Uh, it's gonna be. It's yeah, gonna have think, to be something else. I don't think it would be advice because I feel like LeBron may kill everybody. Because um, obviously that is a lot of you know isolation from your family, and obviously Maybe. for Miami and Lake, the Lakers, they're in there for almost three months. It's a lot, so they get to work out a way that you know is more player friendly for a season, but also a way that they can keep each other as safe as possible. Which is a, it's an intricate thing to do, and obviously it's going to be tough. Obviously, you know, I don't know if you want. I don't know if teams are going to do the empty of like empty stadiums and actually like it, it's like a finite balance. Like the, the NBA are going to have to work out how to do this best, you know, to still make their money and still you know keep everything entertaining and fair, but also protect the players as much as they can. And I'm glad that's not my job because I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's almost oh, about to that's say my that. idea, I'm glad I don't, I don't work for the NBA because I cool. yeah but in the meantime there's still moves being made most notably with head coaches so recently we've had uh, we've spoke about uh, what's his name Doc Rivers being hired by the Philly by by uh, the 76ers I got the baseball team confused with them for a moment <laughs> uh, and then you got Ty Lu now who has now been promoted and has been made head coach of the Clippers how do we feel um, about that one Damien I, um, I think with the Ty Lu it's, it's not a surprise I think I think I think they did it just so he wouldn't go anywhere else, if I'm honest with you. I think he's a good head coach, and he's a championship-winning coach. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I I honestly think they're like, uh, whatever money any other team were yeah, offering I mean, him, Steve Ballmer just, would be able to match it easy. It's not, so, it's not like, like an incredible pick. Like it's, he's someone that was in the, he was an assistant in there. Like It's not a surprise, and I'm not, you know... I don't have anything wrong with it, really. It's just, you know, he went. Well, yeah, you from being a Clippers assistant. It's standard. It feels like a standard hiring. Uh, it felt like it was coming, and obviously, once Dark Rivers had been fired, you kind of realized that it was going to be. It could. It, it was most likely going to be him. I just don't know. If, I'm I, I'm upset. I'm a bit upset that it's not Sam Cassell because I feel like Sam Cassell has been there a bit longer, and Sam Cassell yeah, has kind of earned his stripes. But like you know what, Ty Lue has already won be. a championship before. He is and a championship winning coach. I mean, there was talk. Was there talks of anyone else doing it? I don't know. I don't think so. The Houston Rockets still have to look for a head coach. But now they also have to look out for a a GM because Daryl Morey has stepped down, which is so out... Well, I'm not surprised, but, you know, there was a little sound bite from him like when when they did the trade for James Harden. It was just like, if we don't win a championship... Then I, we, I'll have failed no, um, James Harden, it's been and I guess it's I guess it's failed James Harden. Focus on other things, etc. Um, I was quite shocked by it. I didn't see that. Yeah, you say that, right? But 
what did we recently uh, know yeah. that this week they've had they've had interviews and it's very interesting that they've had these interviews and I feel like maybe Daryl Moore has been like this yeah, is the it. guy I like this guy and then managers should be like no and that's what sparked it so that that's still his decision I guess at the end of the day you, but like if you're not going to make my pick for you know, coach then I'm just going to then why spend time away like that's normally the, that's sometimes the indicator that things aren't going as well as they wanted to and they'd rather you know like some of these roles and I think obviously there are a lot of things that go behind the scenes a lot of the business that goes into it and obviously if he's trying to lead the organisation in one direction and he's getting pulled back then I can see why he'd say, you know what, I'll step away, I'll, you know, I'll let someone else do this. I'm not sure what happens next for Houston. I'm not sure if they go into rebuild mode and, you know, or if they just carry on. If you're if you're Houston, what do you do? Like, do you trade hard and then start from fresh or do you... Well, that's the thing, because you can't. There's not. There's not much. You either use them or you lose them, because I haven't got any cat space to sign anyone else. And if this philosophy, if this philosophy, which was Daryl Moore, Maury's like love child, like like, you know, do you trade him? They, they, it makes that trade to the Phillies look more realistic. Yeah. If I'm honest, trading for Ben Simmons or something, wasn't it? Something like that. Uh, seems but a lot more realistic now. Um, uh, but they don't have a GM, they don't have a head coach. Like, I thought it was, I thought it might be Jeff Van Gundy, but I'm starting to doubt that as well now. Like, I'm not sure. Uh, Houston Rockets are very, very, um, they're in a very interesting position because yeah. I feel like their team next year is either going to be very different or pretty much the same. I think, but I think that window that went from like two to four years has now gone to one yeah. year. Like if it doesn't work out this year, then they'll just break it up and they will send out, they will trade James yeah. Harden. But I wouldn't be surprised if like tomorrow, no, well, they can't trade anyway until after, until draft night at least, I think. But that's, you know, if players could do it. You can't do it. There's no formal meetings allowed. They can have informal meetings, but there's no formal meetings with players for free agency or anything anyway. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's, that's a thing that's going to happen. The Houston Rockets have got to find that. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans still have to find a head coach. I thought he might Philly. I honestly thought he'd end up at a team. I thought he was going to end up somewhere else. I I was on. Yeah. Because I think maybe I don't know if it's just the reputation of Tyloo at Cleveland, or at least on the East or something. I didn't see him as the guy to, you know, turn around the Clippers' attitudes. Like for me, if they weren't going to respect, like if they weren't respecting Doc Rivers, no, exactly, they're not going to respect him. And you know, there's been rumblings about 
the the treatment that Kawhi got affected the LA Clippers. He was getting preferential treatment, obviously, was under those load management, and you know, Dockers did have to spend a lot of time, you know, basically sticking his neck on the line for Kawhi, especially when we're getting questions about the injuries. I just didn't realize. I mean, I guess it was kind of obvious that some people, you know, would have had issues with it, but from what it's coming out to, I think a lot of people have been upset by that. Which I think weird in itself because I think you'd have thought the Clippers chemistry mm-hmm. would have allowed for Kawhi to come in and just, you know, and you know, recover from the injuries he's been dealing with. Come in seamlessly. And then, you know, but when nope. it was time to go, you'd feel like they should all be able to ready just pick up and go. But obviously, you know, Paul George, who was recovering from a shoulder surgery, you brought in Kawhi, who had injuries even in the mm-hmm. championship season. He was struggling with injuries in that playoff run. So they did need time and they did need... And obviously, I think like Doc Rivers is the best he can, but I don't know if Ty Lue is going to be the guy who can suddenly change a lot of these bad attitudes. Like, I don't know if that... It's not really been his... It's not really been the perception of him. Like, a lot of the time, people have been laughing about the fact that, you know, he was kind of just LeBron's coach. I don't know. I mean, I'll be interested to see how it works next season. I'll just see what he does because I know he is mm-hmm. a good. I know technically he's a good coach, but if he lets these ego and these like arguments build, I don't know how what Clippers are going to do next season. Well, you see what happened to Cleveland after... I mean, he managed to keep Kyrie and LeBron on the same page, if that's anything. Like, for at least a championship true, run. And this so, is the same team where Kyrie said he did You know, you know I, you got to give him finals, some credit. So, you know. It's, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the year they lost to Golden State, the next year he did say that he was going to be checked out and gave up before the finals. So, obviously... It can't go both ways. I don't know. Um, obviously, we've only ever seen him really with Cleveland, so this is his chance to prove to him. This is chance to prove to himself and others that he can do this on his own merit without LeBron. So I, mean, I guess he's got. Uh, he's that, a good coach. Know, I guess he's got that motivation, and we might see you know, yep, something different. But it's gonna be. I think a lot of the other places that don't have head coaches right now. I'm kind of interested to see where people end up. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think there was a rotation. There's not like, really that many head coaches available like, either. Like, like not changes. known ones. Not there's not been any like standout candidates where it's been like, okay, we need you. Like obviously, Doc Rivers was picked up pretty quickly, but he's Doc Rivers. Like I feel like it was pretty easy. But then obviously Indiana and you know all these like there's mm-hmm. been a lot of like it feels like there's just gonna be a, a merry-go-round of different coaches moving into different places just because they're the only ones available right now. Pretty much. Right, so we've talked about... So this off-season, we've talked about signing players and signing coaches. Another way a team can change is trades. Now, obviously at the moment, teams can't trade because they don't know what assets they have right now. Um, Draft day, they can trade. A very interesting team on draft night is the Golden State Warriors. They have the second pick. If you're the Golden State Warriors, Davian, 
do you um, use it or do you try and train it away? Train it away. I mean, well, I'd answer that. I'd answer yeah. that nonchalant. I, I'd say I would shop it like hell. <laughs> I would. I would. I would listen to offers and I would try and get, you know, a thing that, because if you think about it, right, they have, their core is Curry. Uh, they have Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green. You can add <laughs> Andrew Wiggins in there as much as you like, but I'm going to disagree because I love Jimmy Butler. Um, right. But, you know, he's a young ass. He could probably use to flip for another player. But, um, a decent player. Um, so, if if I'm thinking, I'm either thinking, if I've got those players and I've got those players on lockdown, which they do, um, I'm thinking that window is like what two, four years. I don't want to bring in a pass the torch kind of player. It's gonna take too long. I'm unless you know they bring in like a seasoned, you know, a, a four year guy, but. At second pick, that's not happening. Um, I think I am gonna shop it around like hell and see what I could probably get with it. Maybe package him with, maybe package it with Andrew Wiggins or something, just to see what kind of play you can get. You maybe you could get like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe you can get like uh, a Montrez Har, not a Montrez Harrell. Sorry. Well, maybe you could in a sign and trade. Who knows. Um, I don't think you could because I don't think free agency is going to work the same way during the draft night. Um, I'm not sure how that works. Um, but, you know, you could, you know, they could trade away. They could trade uh, Drew Holiday is one. Uh, with their up-and-coming talent, Drew Holiday doesn't really fit that w- window for them. Maybe they, I mean, I'm not sure why they would. So they could. Another team that might trade for Drew Holiday is Brooklyn, though. If I'm Brooklyn, I'm looking for a third star to really go with, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant. So Drew Holiday isn't a bad shout because Kevin Durant is on, on, on the record saying that Drew Holiday is probably the best perimeter defender in the league. And he doesn't get recognized for it enough. Um... And if you trade away, I don't know, Karis Levert and Allen, package them together to get Drew Holiday, maybe a pick or something. You know, if I'm New Orleans, I'm listening to that. Because you can imagine a style lineup with Lonzo, Karis Levert, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and... Alan. That's probably one of the trades. It's probably one of the top trades where that is a teams. amazing lineup. That's the original thing. I think if I'm Golden State, I'm too. really looking to win it all right now. Like I'm trying to. Obviously, it just depends on what they can get for it or who they can get for it. And how it fits. Yeah. Yeah, like you really like. Obviously, if you're in Isaiah, you are literally just like exactly. that. That's what I mean by like shopping like hell. And obviously, if there is a trade that makes sense, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't hesitate to say, you know what, let's just move that number two. Maybe move someone else, and let's see what we can do. I don't know. Um, 
Like with the trades for this season, like I really want to see some teams make some bigger moves. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't I think that so because everyone is no. Yeah. Although uh, Indiana is Indiana is one team that can make a lot of moves. Uh, Houston Rockets, we spoke about this, could make a lot of moves. Um, Philadelphia could potentially make a lot of moves. A lot of teams are like, but all saying team, no, we're not one team moving because you, it's, like, it's like it's like it only takes one domino. It takes and obviously the, domino there's four. a trade either that seems to make perfect sense is Milwaukee, and I think. And I, yeah, I know, I know. Oh, and it just, and they, I, no, they, they, they said that. that they're not interested in Chris Paul. See, I already know where you're going with this. Right. This is wrong, me, right? I will, I will gonna, gladly give away I'm Eric Bledsoe in a few picks so, so I can get and Chris I'm Paul. What I need I'm glad to get that. The, the, Maybe to the ball. finals to win the championship. And to me... You want to keep Giannis because you know you've only got him for a year before he hits a free agency. And you know that Miami... Because you want to keep Giannis. To get him. Golden State really want him. And also, every other team in the league who can will go for Giannis. And that means they're going to be like... You can't risk... Oh, well, we'll just, you know... He's happy here because... It can be easily posed the question of... Are you happy? Do you want to be happy or do you want to win championships? And, you know, Giannis... If nothing happens this year, Giannis may just make that decision to... you. Move to our Miami, move to our Golden State. I, I, I think, the, the I think, is, I think Giannis wants to stay, but they have yeah, to really show that they're willing no, to go into the luxury tax. We've seen a lot of players who they're said they want to, to stay somewhere. His, it's a small market. The desire, their desire to win, they're not going to to match up with their organization's desire to win. Shout out to Kyrie Irving who said, actually shouted out saying, well, like, said, I, I hope you guys would still have me. And then signed for <laughs> But like, notes. obviously, we've had that with like. I'm sure Paul Boston George didn't really want him anyway. He said that, you know, he had apparently the top yeah. player in a position he wanted to sign with, but obviously they couldn't make that trade. And obviously, a lot of players want to stay in a place, but if their desire to win doesn't match the organizations, then when it comes to free agency, they look and they say, Ah, maybe I should just test the waters and then, you know, we see these things. I think Chris Bolton to Milwaukee made all the sense. But... It makes all the sense, but it turns... Uh, well, you know, trades can't happen yet. It might not be true, but apparently Milwaukee aren't interested. So... If you're Milwaukee and you're, not, if you're not, and you're not interested in Chris Paul, is there anyone else oh, that you can go for? Yeah, and I think, I think they could probably go for Bradley Beal. Also, allegedly, you know, be terrible. Wouldn't be a terrible Chris idea Paul's at all. Makers, which, you know, but still, I don't, I don't know. All I know is, all I know is, I heard someone. I saw some I, tweet. How, David how Stern, the fuck would they pull that off? How the I, was, fuck? I, I, I saw. I think it was a. I think it was a flight bike video, and I just refused to watch it because it said Lakers trying to trade for Bradley Beal and I mean, and Chris Paul. I'm like, 
How the fuck are they going to get both of them? That's not I happening. Know, like, just, I'm not even going to entertain this. I think it's the rumours out there. Because obviously they are looking for an elite card. I do card. like I just, why I don't know so, what they want to give up or get to, you know. And Chris Paul is a lot... Last Yesterday... Uh, yesterday, last year, it feels like yesterday. It's lockdown. Uh, last year, last last year, Chris Paul contract was very hard to move because you know, but there's now he's got a year less of it, and you know, he's a lot easier to move now. So move, yeah. OKC okay, so are going to try and move in, and his stock is so high after that playoff. After that, yeah. you know. Most most people didn't even get them running, getting into the playoffs. So you know, to get that, yeah, you know, his stock's high. So you know, <laughs> you trade him now, and I'm shopping around. But it's who's willing to trade for him? Who who wants that forty two million dollar contract? I'd like. I'd want to see him on the league. I'd be interested. One of the biggest. Don't know what the the Lakers don't have that type of picks and you know to give up like they don't. No, they don't. Not really. They 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 do have a bit of cap space, but they want to sign resign AD. They'll they'll want to resign Contavious Caldwell Pope as well because they'll end up with his bird. They have his bird rights, Clutch. so the the one they'll want to try and keep him. But there's like the whole Rich Paul thing because <laughs> Contavious Caldwell Pope has the same agent. That's the low key how they got AD as well. Oh, interesting as well. You know who else has the same um, has the same agent? Bam. Bam Adebayo, uh, no, no, he doesn't work with Rich Paul. Um, but Bam Adebayo and Giannis have the same agent. Just what just throwing that out there. What? So you <laughs> no. know all. So you know tampering, right? What? What is tampering? Good answer. Good answer. You're not a GM though, so you don't have to answer like that. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> There is a period of time in free agency where players and, you know, members of management of a team can communicate with each other specifically for that. However, there have been times where a team coach may say something about another player when they're under contract with something else outside of the free agency. We had it with Doc Rivers talking about Kawhi Leonard during the 2019 finals, said how much worst. of a great player is he, he got is the worst for tampering. Tampering, uh, M um, Magic dropped. He went on Jimmy yeah. Kimmel, you got Jimmy Kimmel, or Jimmy Fallon, well. one of the Jimmys, and started talking about Paul George, and got fined for tampering. He's the worst uh, tampering. You got like a... he got fined for Giannis as well. Yeah, ma- magic just don't give a shit. <laughs> oh, but the point is, a point is, you're not meant you're not meant to like talk to a player without, you know, while they're under contract somewhere else. And 
there's a specific time for that. But so, for example, Le- Le- when LeBron signed for the Lakers, there was no space. There was no mulling it over. There was no meetings with other teams. There was things already in place. You want to know how? Because years prior, Contavious Caldwell Pope, who has the same agent as LeBron James, was signed by the LA Lakers. And Magic Johnson was sort of like buddy, buddy pals and ended up talking to Rich Paul. They had to talk to Rich Paul anyway because they had to talk to Contavious Caldwell Pope. So for his contract. So, you know, there's bits and pieces there. There's mutuals there. That's probably how they got AD as well, who also has the same agent. I mean, yeah. So I can see that happening with, you know, Giannis and Miami. Because Bam and Giannis have the same. Sorry. It's like, it's, 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 Oh, it's tampering. And I'm like, oh, wait. And then, you know, J.R. Smith. Yeah. Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, Anthony Davis. KCP. Did this man have the whole team? What the? <laughs> First, we got a new... Tristan Thompson. Half of the Lakers roster, yeah. I must say, an easy job. He just lives in L.A. Yes, Tristan Thompson. He's another one that's very interesting as well this year. Um, although, he's a free agent. Yeah. He he worked out with the the Cavs during their uh, during their like their bubble workout. Um, but I mean, so he's honest, probably going to be He's him. a player that could probably go somewhere <laughs> else. Though, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Eric Bledsoe, there we go. <laughs> there we go, to the Lakers. <laughs> uh, I could actually see that happening, you know, <laughs> now thinking about it. Also, got, Eric Bledsoe to the Lakers is happening. Me. Watch it happen. We called it right now yes, on this podcast. Yeah, okay. I, if, it happens, if it happens, it's happening. I, because I was looking for points. Yes. And he wasn't there at the... You're you're asking me. You're literally right in front of a list of. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially yeah. I'm well aware. I have a. Sign. I have in my mind all of Rich Paul's agents. Uh, I've got them in categories of like positions as well, like yeah. in my head. That's, that's it. But yeah. It's going to be a very interesting offseason, baby. Very interesting. I'm, I'm very, very excited. That we I just, I'm glad, I'm glad we had a season, and I'm very appreciative of that. 2020. I'm very thankful that we got good basketball series and good games. I'm thankful it wasn't the same we that did. predicted. I'm thankful it was in six like I predicted. And I'm thankful we got to see, I'm really thankful we got to see the best Miami Heat. Like, and I want to see, I'm glad that the bubble was able to, you know, because it's an unusual condition, and I'm glad that the. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's no respect, but I'm glad that the players, you know, who really want this, and you know, the, the more dedicated players are able to show. You know, we've had when you look at the bubble, we've had, you know, we had the Lakers vs Clippers on that opening um, on the restart. We had Luka Doncic versus the Clippers and that game winner. We had, you know, 
the box getting knocked out early. We had Denver coming back from 3-1 twice. Then we had, you know, Lakers versus Denver and, you know, all that stuff. We had the Portland Trailblazers. We had Phoenix Suns, and you know, doing it. We call eight zero run. We had. There's been a lot, and I've been thankful for it because obviously it could have been quite easy to call off the season, and obviously you know it would have been I would have understood because you know in terms of safety, you know we were going through a pandemic. It was really tough. I think the fact that we were able to get basketball and such a high quality of it, and you know a lot of stories. You know it mm-hmm. really has been great to you know, like, and now I don't know what I'm going to do without basketball for three months. Like I don't. It's been great to watch and be a be a part of. Oh, right. That right. Bring it. That brings me on to my next bit. Because <laughs> there's no more basket. There's no more NBA basketball. Oh, no. what, are what, are, what, are, what are we gonna do? Oh no. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no. Um. So. Uh, while the off-season, obviously we're going to still be talking about certain news, you know, things are going to be happening around the NBA, even the quiet times just seem like they just are busy, but there's obviously going to be, you know, there's going to be no games to talk about, so my suggestion is that every time we do a podcast, we'll take it in turns, but we pick a moment in NBA history and we talk about it. So, for example, say if I decided to pick first and I, I don't know, I did, I don't know, I decided, oh, let's talk about the Malice in the Palace. Or let's talk about the 1963 Boston Celtics title. I'm not even sure if they won a title that year. I'm going to see if they actually won a title that year. Uh, what did 1963 <laughs> NBA champions were the Boston oh my yes <laughs> I went out on my you I did I had no it was, uh, a, I, it was a good I mean I won I was yeah it wasn't really hot I was it, it was uh, it was a say it was pretty safe so um yeah you know talk about you know the 60s box and so we talk about that Talk about that whole run. Maybe we want to talk about yes. a certain player, but we'll take it yes. in turns yes. between each other. So next week, yeah. Davian, how about let's talk about the Malice in the Palace? I, I kind of want to again. talk about it. <laughs> All right. Next week, we'll talk about the Malice in the Palace. Until then, though, guys, have, get to watch it again and watch videos all about it. But <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, it's because they, this Miami team, Heat team reminded me of like you know the Pistons and stuff. So I was like, oh man. I, yeah, I mean, I, think, I mean, we could talk about the 2004 oh, championship run, but well, we don't have no one wants to talk about that. Let's talk about we watch some of the greatest moments of basketball. Let's talk about bad you know. shit. Yeah. Some moments that defined history, and so. others when j- someone got yeah, punched yeah, up yeah. by Rashid Wallace. <laughs> oh yeah, he did, I didn't know. he? And Jermaine O'Neal was he there? Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh, um... just a great group of people. Just a great. What a what a 
What a bunch of nice fellows. Wrong fan in the face. What? It's just some guy is just playing basketball. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Hey, what I want to say is, I've been into Lakers in the six. Face. Right. I get okay, things wrong so I often. I think that's us. That, that, that was. That was. Look, I don't care, man. Like, look. You predicted Lakers and Zooks. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I maintain. I maintain. It would have been seven that. games if Drogic and Bam would have been <laughs> healthy. I'm not Doctor Strange. I I'm not Doctor Strange. I don't have the. And there's have nothing the, you like, can do to change my mind. Exactly. Oh, okay, exactly. Skip I'm Skip Bayless. You can't argue. No, but like, this game was on a Monday, and Paul George. And you can't Chris. argue in my hypothetical. I'm just fighting. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing a podcast.